Father, we are just so humbled and honored, Father, that uh, you have called Pine Woods to send a team to Uganda. Father, we just thank you for that opportunity to, to, uh, to go and serve our brothers and sisters, to, to get to know our brothers and sisters in a new culture, uh, a culture that uh, worships and honors you, Father. And uh, Father, first of all, I pray for Noel and his team down there, that there's so many logistical things that they are taking care of and have been working on. Father, I pray for, for all of their health and uh, that you will continue to, to work out all the little details. We know you will, Father. We, we know that you have everything already laid out. And Father, we just pray for our team here. Just pray for our health uh, to uh, keep us healthy prior to, to leaving so everyone that can join the team. But Father, protect our health, especially while we're down there. A lot of things we'll be exposed to that we're, we're not uh, familiar with, and just pray that you, uh, you keep us uh, physical bodies healthy, physical bodies safe. Uh, Father, we just uh, pray that we go down there with eyes of, of servants and humility, and not to go there to, to, to teach or, or to be instructed, but to learn, uh, to learn from them, Father, and uh, give us humble hearts and open eyes. So prepare us mentally and emotionally for the things that we will see with these children and the poverty. Uh, this is not an easy thing, Father. And we just ask uh, for your protection uh, for us emotionally and keep us strong in that area. Uh, Father, may we always know that, uh, that you, are, you are the God, you are the creator God, and the things that are going on in, in Uganda, Father, that Noel, and Father, we pray for the new school that is being put up um, uh, at uh, Noel and uh, the Presbyterian Churches of Uganda, uh, starting up a new school, and uh, we pray for the fundraising for that school, and that, um, again, your will will be accomplished uh, for those wonderful, wonderful children that just need your guidance, they, they need to know the Lord, and they need an education, Father, and they need a safe place to sleep and food to eat. Prepare our team uh, as all the big details are out of the way now. Uh, just let's focus more and more on uh, your will being done in this trip. And uh, we just, again, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to serve uh, in your kingdom. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. The, um... <laughs> okay. We're going to begin a, a series. First of all, I would like to take and give a big round of applause for Pastor Joel and David. I don't see David here, but for David for teaching us for this last year. So can we give him a hand? I forgot about I, I missed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you all, too. Thank you, Steve, especially. So the um, so what we're going to do this summer, uh, we're going to take and we're going to do a series called My Favorite Things, where we just, uh, several of the elders and, and men in the church just share 
what, from their favorite passage of scripture. And uh, so it's going to be until probably about the middle of, middle of August or so, and that's what we're going to do. And then in the fall, we're going to start up again with the New Testament. We finished the Old Testament, and we're going to start up with the New Testament in the fall. So that's, that's where we're headed. So today, I'm going to take and share with you, I'd like to share with you, and I'd like you to help me share too, because this is, uh, I'd like you to, I know that this is a passage that's my favorite passage, it's probably your favorite passage also, um, and uh, it's also uh, R.C. Sproul's favorite passage, believe it or not. And somebody asked R.C. one time, he says, what's your, what's your favorite passage in Scripture? And he could have said Hebrews chapter 11, or he could have said Romans 6 through 8, or he could have said, uh, you know, fill in the blank, Proverbs, or he could have said Genesis, but he didn't say that. Anybody have any idea what he said? What his favorite passage of scripture was? Genesis, Genesis 1? Nope, he no. didn't say that. No. No. He said Psalm 23, and that's what we're going to learn of. It's very familiar to all of us. We all know it. But it's my, it's my favorite passage in Scripture. Oftentimes when I'm backpacking, when I'm going up the hill, when it's really, really hard, I will take and meditate on this verse of Scripture and, uh, and think on it. And, uh, just, and it's, uh, it's really precious to me. And, and I, I think I, I love it uh, because of a couple different factors. Uh, is this anybody else's favorite passage in Scripture? Say, Jim, oh, welcome to, by the way. <laughs> the, uh, is anybody else Jim's favorite passage? Anybody else? Is, anybody raise their hand? It's favorite, Eddie, it's the favorite passage. Why, why is it your favorite passage? Gives hope. It gives hope. Hope, it does, yes. It speaks of hope all the way through it. And, but in order to understand it, you have to know a little bit about being a shepherd and a little bit about sheep. And we get kind of detached, so we don't know. Has anybody been a shepherd here? Anybody raised sheep? Raised them. Raised them? Okay. Yeah. Well, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can help me. You can help me then, because I, what I know about sheep comes from this little book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. This is one of, this is one of my favorite, uh, shepherd, favorite books. It's by a man named uh, Philip Keller. Who, uh, was, who was raised in Ethiopia, and uh, then he was a shepherd for about eight years in his younger days, and then he became a pastor. So he had the whole thing. He had a, a farm and a ranch and sheep, and, uh, and I think it was in Ethiopia, actually, where they would take him up to the uh, tablelands and the high mountains and take him up through valleys and things like that. And so it's my favorite it's my favorite book about sheep. So what I know about sheep comes from this book, <laughs> for the most part. So uh, anyway, uh, this, I like this passage, I think, uh, this uh, psalm, because it, it talks about uh, the intimacy that God has with us and the intimacy that he wants to have. It also talks about, about his providence. providence. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, and he, he knows us. And it's amazing that the God of the universe the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars can know us, you know, and it's an amazing thing. And um, <clears throat> we're going to say the psalm here in a minute. So if you, and I offer a, an apology, I, we normally teach in ESV here, and, but I ran out of time. 
So uh, I study in King James, so you might hear a few of these and thous and those things, but I'll try to interpret them if necessary to make it a little bit more uh, readable. So you can, you can put on your Shakespearean mindset a little bit and, uh, and hear this. So let's just say Psalm 23. I think most of us know it. Let's try, try saying it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, namesakes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all this of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good, you all know it really well. <laughs> this is a good thing. So um, I like to, it says in the very first verse, the outline for what we're going to do today is just Psalm 23. We're just going to step through it verse by verse and talk about each verse. If you have a comment or want to say something, raise your hand or just shout out. That works too because I might miss you. I might not see you. But uh, so I know there's a lot of experience here. And so anything that you can share is appreciated very much. So we're going to start with the Lord is my shepherd. He is your shepherd, you know, and we're going to take and turn. If you would turn with me very quickly, we're not going to take too many detours, but we're just going to take and go to Psalm 139 and, um, and just camp there for just a few couple minutes. In fact, I'm just going to read it to you. And uh, Psalm 139, uh, verses 1 through about, uh, about 10 or so. No, actually verse 9. So this is my favorite, one of my favorite flying verses as we fly over the ocean in the Pacific Ocean. It is an amazing thing to me. You can be at 30,000 feet, and I know some of you have flown over the ocean before, and you can look out and you see nothing but water. Nothing but water at all. <laughs> You're about to. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but water. O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought from afar. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with my ways, all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from thy spirit, or whither can I flee from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand hold me. So it speaks, I like it, because the Lord is. He is a very present help in trouble, it says in another part of Scripture. But he knows us. Even before there's a, a word on our tongue, he knows it. That's pretty, pretty awesome, isn't it? <laughs> so we ought to, you know, be careful what we say sometimes, you know. And then, um, you know, if we go to the vastness of the sea, he is there as well. And uh, it says that he is... 
uh, in verse 3, it says, art, and thou art, I like, I, for one version, I think I memorized this in, said intimately acquainted with all of our ways. But it doesn't say that here. But it says with all of our ways. In other words, he knows us. You know, and shepherds know their sheep. It's interesting that, that the Lord says, the Lord is my shepherd. And, um, you know, he, uh, shepherds have to know their sheep. They have to know which ones want, will wander, which ones will get in trouble, which ones will stay close. And, huh? <laughs> All of them. How many sheep did you have? Oh, 100. Oh, my goodness. Well, maybe you could come up here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the lanolin in their coats, you can smell <laughs> The uh, Egyptian pharaoh didn't like smelly shepherds. <laughs> but he's our, the Lord, and the Lord, in the same way that a shepherd has to know the sheep, the Lord knows us, you know, just what we read in Psalm 139, that he knows us, and he has to, and a shepherd has to be acquainted with the ways of the sheep. Sheep get in trouble really easily. Uh, they will take and drink from drink polluted water if they if the shepherd's not paying attention in a pond and get in a little puddle on the road and they'll get the uh, they will get sick they uh, will get uh, eat too much and they'll cast over cast have you all heard that term before cast over they roll over and their feet in the air and they can't they can't get over on their own and they'll just stay there and die if they're not if the shepherd doesn't doesn't catch catch up to them you know, and so there are many other things. We'll talk about some other things that shepherds do for sheep. One of the interesting things is there's actually a YouTube video on it, but I couldn't do the electronic part this time. Um, but uh, shepherds, sheep know the shepherd's voice. It's very fascinating. This shepherd is just there, and he calls. And they had other people call him, you know, and they just stayed out there. But when the shepherd called them, their owner called them. They came running. They knew his voice. And uh, so, and uh, so, the Lord is our shepherd, and the Lord is the one who cares for us and watches over, watches over us. You know what it says in Philippians: "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus." You know, and it says here, "I shall not want." David says, "I I won't want. I won't lack for anything, because God knows what I need." You know, and. All of us here are different in different circumstances, have different things going on in our lives. But I encourage you, God knows. He knows what you need each and every day. And he knows how to lead you and guide you. It says in verse 2, we'll move on to verse 2. It says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He um, leadeth me beside the still waters. You know, sheep, uh, it's really important what pastures sheep go lie down in because uh, sometimes if the shepherd has to go before the sheep and prepare the pasture land because they'll eat poisonous things they'll eat anything really I think you know and they will eat things that are not good for them you can actually kill many of your sheep if they eat uh, poisonous plants and so it's one of the jobs of the shepherds to make shepherd to make sure that uh, the sheep lie down in green pastures and does anybody think of green pastures in your life? God makes, in the same way that the shepherd takes care of the sheep, God makes us to lie down in green pastures as well. 
They might not seem like green pastures, you know, at the time, you know, at all, but they are. Does anybody have an experience like that where they, you know, uh, God has taken and made them lie down in a green pasture that you didn't think was really such a green pasture at the time? <laughs> Betty? Pensacola? Forty years. There we. Yes, yes. A green pasture. We thought. I thought of that. That's one of the ones I thought of too. Is that, that Pensacola was a green, a green pasture, and in particularly Pinewoods was a green pasture to come to. Yeah. Anybody else? Illness. So he made you to lie down in, in a green pasture. Yeah. Anybody else? Some of you know that I went to the Naval Academy and, and uh, totally unplanned. It was kind of, I was headed that way, but it was totally unplanned. And uh, God took me there. And uh, I knew I wanted to be involved in things in oceanography and things like that. That was kind of part of my plan, but I didn't know that I was involved with the Navy at the time. But anyway, that was a green pasture, uh, a very difficult green pasture. You know, I was just a whisker away from the academic board for four years. <laughs> but it was where I came to know Christ. I came to know Jesus there. And I was discipled by guys who had a heart for the Lord and uh, helped me to grow in my walk with the Lord and uh, taught me how to teach Bible studies, taught me how to study the Bible. And it was a, looking back, it was a green pasture. Although it wasn't an easy pasture, you know, mostly because of the academics is what, is what made it so hard. But looking back, that was a green pasture, a green time of growth when I first became a Christian and how God helped me to grow and uh, learned how to meditate and how to memorize scripture and things like that as well. So that was uh, one of the green pastures. Mm-hmm. There was no military record. 
He says that angels unawares do visit us at times. And you know, we. And he shepherds all of us and makes us lie down in green pastures sometimes. Not places that sometimes that we would choose, you know, and some places, and the worst places that we think we would go, they were really turned out to be good places a lot, a lot of times. So, he leadeth me beside the quiet waters. So, what do you think the quiet waters are? Anybody have any ideas what you think the quiet waters are? Okay, I'll tell you right away. It's not a cup of coffee. <laughs> As much as I like coffee in my quiet time, it's not a cup of coffee. <laughs> Any ideas? Any thoughts? Well, Ken, she, as I understand it, will not drink from running water. Is that true? It is true. They will not. The, she the shepherd has to take, and yeah. like if it's a rushing mountain stream and things like that, they have to dig a trench. If Chances are they know where the ponds are, the pools are. But they have to dig a trench out so that with their staff so that the water will come away from the, from the creek so that they can drink quietly. He's going to take us to the right place. He's going to let us uh, lead us be, so we can drink from his word, you know, and... Uh, and so sheep also uh, get their water. They can live for about three days without water. Uh, in fact, I saw it earlier this morning from the dew on the grass. They, can, they just eat the grass, and the grass has dew in it, and that gives them their normal water. You know, and those in the, Philip Keller thought that those were the quiet waters. It's quiet, it's beautiful, the, the droplets of, uh, of water on the, on the green grass, he thought that those were the quiet waters. But you're right, you're very right. They won't drink from uh, anything. And so, <clears throat> as God says that he lead us beside us, beside the still waters, I think uh, a lot of times for us spiritually, the still waters, we can experience that every day as we take and spend time with the Lord in the morning. Uh, God says that, and I can't remember where this is, but um, he says that um, uh, I love those who love me and those who seek me early will find me. You know, it's just, it's just a simple principle. But, um, but I also noticed that, uh, that Jesus did the same thing. And I can't remember where this is, but it says, arising up early a great while before day, he departed to a lonely place to pray. And so having time with the Lord in the morning and it's a good time. Now, not everybody can have it in the morning. Some people have to have it in the evening because of their schedule, work schedule. But the morning is really a good time to take and to give God the first fruits of your day. 
And uh, I think Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. For me, it's the favorite time of the day. It's my favorite time of the day to get up early if I don't stay up too late the night before. (laughs) And uh, it's my favorite time of the day to get up in the morning and to take and to pray and spend time with him and, and, and read his word. And uh, I know all of you know this poem, and I'd probably get tired of me saying it, but I'm going to say it one more time. It is my favorite poem, one of my favorite poems anyway. Um, and it's called, I Met With God in the Morning. And uh, but, so, <clears throat> it goes, I met with God in the morning when the day was at its best, and his presence came like sunrise with glory in my breast. All day long his presence lingered, all day long he stayed with me. And we sailed with perfect calmness on other, every troubled sea. Other ships were torn and battered. Other ships were sore distressed. But the wind that seemed to drive them onward brought to me both peace and rest. So I think I've learned the secret. Learn from many a stormy way. You must meet with him in the morning if you want him through the day. And so when we, God leads us beside the still waters, I think in the morning, you know, is a good time. But it can be any time. You know, really, where you just come apart and spend time with the Lord. And, and he wants to fellowship with us. He's always wanted to fellowship with us. You know, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He was looking for them in the cool of the day. And so that hasn't changed. God loves us. Just really simply, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants us. He wants to spend time with us. And he wants to know us. And he leads us beside uh, the still waters. It's also a time, uh, moving on to verse 3, where he restores our soul. You know, the Bible is a book unlike any other book. You can read all kinds of books, you know, from uh, fiction to, you know, uh, you know, about just about anything. My granddaughter this morning was, was coloring a, a, a picture of a cobra. She loves animals. She says, especially reptiles and turtles and crocodiles and snakes. So she was picturing, she drew a picture of a king cobra this morning, you know, and uh, so, but unlike any other book, the Bible speaks to our souls. You can just open it almost, almost anywhere, and it will speak to your soul and take, and your soul composed of three things, your mind, your will, and emotions, you know, and it restores your mind. It restores uh, your will, you know, if you lose your will, you know, you just, you know, some people do lose their will and they just, their will to live, they just shrivel up and, and die. But uh, God takes and through his word restores our mind and our will and our emotion. So, okay, I have a quick story. Uh, when I was uh, in flight school here, I'd been at sea for about a year and a half, and uh, this is a quiet time story. Uh, I'd been at sea for about a year and a half, and so I didn't do much exercise during that time. And uh, so uh, I was pretty weak in my upper body, and there's an obstacle course that we had. Some of you may have seen it. It's orange, you know, down at the base. It's one that every flight officer has to go through, pilots and flight officers, they have to go through this obstacle course. And it consisted of a bunch of tires and then a 12-foot wall that you had to, it had a rope on it, and you had to crawl up the rope and then go over the wall. And then it had, after that, it had an 8-foot wall after that, and you had to jump over the 8-foot wall. And I could, I could get the 12-foot wall. That wasn't hard, you know, but by the time I got to the 8-foot wall, I was just worn out. I don't mean to forget you guys over here. Um, in fact, 
come back here. So I, <laughs> so I couldn't get over the eight-foot wall. And so just, I just had my normal quiet time that morning, and I read Psalm 18. And it says in Psalm 18, By my God have I run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a great wall. <laughs> it was that morning, totally unplanned, that God so encouraged my heart that morning by taking and reading his word. And, and so, uh, so I went that day, and I got over the first wall, and I got over the second wall through God's strength and help, and the rest of it was just history because it, it didn't matter. But, but that's just a time when I had a quiet time, and God spoke to my heart, you know, and gave me strength to do that particular thing that I needed to do that day. And so God still speaks uh, to our hearts and to our souls through, uh, through a quiet time or through his, uh, through his word anytime. You can, you know, we have almost instant access to God's word, you know, with our phones and stuff. I probably, probably most of, how many of you all have apps on your phones for Bible apps on your phones? You know, I have one that I can just, it, it's, it's, um, what's a good word to say? It, it will read it to me. It's an audio, audio Bible, actually. But it's actually a real Bible, too. But it'll play it to me so I can listen to it anytime. And so anytime that we hear God's word, you know, the, uh, in Proverbs it says that we're to buy truth and sell it not. And one of the ways that we buy truth is, the only way that you buy truth is with our time. We have to take and, and buy truth, spend time in God's word, buy the truth, and learn to take the truth into our hearts and, uh, and grow to love it and let it become part of us. And it changes us. It makes us, makes us different. There was a, um, a movie I was watching the other week, and uh, you guys probably know it. It's a Hallmark movie, but <laughs> it was called Love Comes Softly, that movie. And uh, they, were, they were talking about God's... The uh, old uh, ranch hands were, uh, they had Sunday service every morning in their, in their home on the ranch. And so they invited the, the ranch hands, there were about five of them, the old crusty guys, and uh, they, the old ranch hands were saying, you know, and, and these folks were really godly, godly Christians. They'd taken in an orphan and several other things. Uh, and they were, and the, all these guys were kind of castaways from the cowboys. And so... Uh, one of the one, they're sitting. Uh, the cowboys are sitting around the fire, and they're they're talking, trying to decide whether they're going to church that you know in the house that day. And uh, one of the old crusty uh, ranch hands says, "Well, if it, meaning the Bible, makes them like they are, it bears checking out, you know. And so if it makes them like they are, and it does change us, you know, the Word of God takes and changes our hearts and our souls and our minds." You know, and restores us too. It's the only thing that will restore your soul. When you're down, when you're discouraged, uh, when things seem hopeless, there's hope in the Word of God. Just read it, ask Him to speak to you, and, and He will. You know, every morning when we pray, Deb and I have a quiet time every morning, and um, you know, we pray this in Psalm, from Psalm 119. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. And he does, oftentimes. He will take and speak to us and just the, the food that we need for, for that particular day. He will open our hearts and minds and uh, souls. Okay, how are we doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> My daughter-in-law said, don't go too long. Don't go down too many rabbit trails this morning. <laughs> Hers, her father's a pastor, so she knows. Uh, so 
let's see. I uh, got lost about where I was on my notes here. Um, so, uh, the Word of God is like no other book. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's cautions. You do have to be careful about reading other books and other philosophies. They can have a, a detrimental effect. I was looking, uh, reading about John Newton and uh, about uh, talking about drinking polluted water. He said, uh, uh, once while on their ship, when their ship was docked in Amsterdam, John found a book by Lord Shaftesbury called Characteristics of Men and Manners, Opinions and Times. He was immediately captivated uh, by Lord Shaftesbury's style, writing, innovative, humanistic ideas. He read the essays so much, he practically memorized them. None saw an immediate change in the young man, but this new philosophy operated like a slow poison. So you have to be careful what you read, what, mind, what truth you buy, what things you take into your heart and into your mind. Okay, the next verse. I didn't mean to go too much. I didn't mean to go too far away there. Um, but, he, uh, but here, he leads me in the paths of righteousness uh, for, his, for his namesake. And uh, remember the, the hymn say, He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. You know, and he leads us in the paths of righteousness, you know, in, in our lives. You know, he takes us and leads us in, in good paths. He shows us, shows us what's right. And which way to go? You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know you all know this. It's one of my favorite, favorite verses. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for evil and not for good and not for evil to give you a future and hope. Yes, I got it mixed up. <laughs> and uh, we know, and Romans 28 says that same thing. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and um, and in Psalms 25.10, it says, Mercy and truth, uh, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as, uh, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. So God leads us in the paths of righteousness. Now, this next part is probably just about everybody's, at least mine, is probably my, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Isn't that comforting to know? You know, all these things are the promise of his presence. A lot of, you know, that he maketh us to lie down, that he restores our soul, he leadeth me. God does it all for us, you know. And so even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, you know, we need not to fear any evil you know, that may become us. You know, when you're uh, a carrier pilot or a bombardier or aviator, things happen a lot of times, you know. And God has always watched over me, even through dark valleys and when things went wrong, you know. I've caught on fire here in Pensacola, lost the uh, right engine, all the oil in the right engine off the catapult, you know. Uh, uh, flew with a guy who thought he was upside down and had to come back to the carrier that night with him. Went around six times one night. You weren't supposed to go around one. You're not supposed to go around at all. Went around six times one night. And so uh, so anyway, and all through that, I came aboard one time without being able to see outside. You know, and that was interesting. You know, and so all those things, you know, through all those dark valleys, God was with me and, and watched over me and cared for me. And I know that it says in another place that he will be our guide even unto death. And that's encouraging to me. 
And really, the most encouraging thing is not that we have to go through hard things or difficult things, but the encouraging thing is, is that he will be with us. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And that is, the world doesn't have that. The world doesn't, the world doesn't have the good shepherd, you know. Mm-hmm. He understands because he died on the cross. You know, so he did a physical death, mm-hmm. but also, of course, the sins heaped upon him were something we can't fathom. No. But the physical death. So when he walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death, he understands what that's like because he has been there. Yes, yes. That's, a, that's exactly, yes. I had written that, and, uh, you know, uh, same way with Daniel in the lion's den, you know. Daniel had to, but nobody like, was like our Savior because cause he, knew, he knew it was coming. He, t- he told them, he said, that this, I have to, you know, I have to be killed. I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be killed and I'm going to rise again in three days. And, uh, you know, so, but he knew it would be awful. He knew, he knew how awful it would be, you know, but just by reading the Psalms, you know. Talks about the stripes on his back, you know, the plucking out of his beard, you know. It'd be humiliating, you know, casting lots for his clothes in Psalm 22, and being nailed to a cross, you know. So he knew, and that's probably worse than anything, is knowing what's coming for a long time. How long, I'm not, not quite sure, but he, I'm not sure the first time he mentioned it, but, but he knew it was coming. Thank you. That was really good. <laughs> so, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I have a little part here that I want to read, and, and uh, just very quickly. It's, it's a little bit long, but it's actually really, really good. Um, so, this is by Philip Keller. It says, as Christians, we sooner or later discover that it is in the valleys of our life that we find refreshment from God himself. It is not until we have walked with him through some very deep troubles that we discover He can lead us to find our refreshment in Him right there in the midst of our difficulty. We are thrilled beyond words when there comes restoration to our souls and our spirit from His own gracious spirit. During my wife's illness and her death, I could not get through over the, I could not get over the strength, solace, and serene outlook imparted to me virtually hour after hour by the presence of God's gracious spirit Himself. It was as if I was being repeatedly refreshed and restored despite the most desperate circumstances all around me. Unless one has actually gone through such an experience, it may seem difficult to believe. In fact, there are those who claim they could not face such a situation. But for the man or woman who walks with God through these valleys, such real and actual refreshment is available. The corollary to this is is that only those who have been through such dark valleys can console or comfort or encourage others in similar situations. Often we pray or sing the hymn requesting to God to make an inspiration to some make make us an inspiration to someone else. We want instinctively to be a channel of blessing to others' lives. The simple fact is that just as water can only flow in a ditch or a channel or a valley, so in the Christian's career, the life of God can only flow in blessing through the valleys that have been carved and cut out in our own lives by excruciating experiences. The best example, for example, the best one to be able to comfort another in bereavement 
is the one, is the person who himself or herself has lost a loved one. The one who can best minister to a broken heart is one who has known a broken heart. Most of us don't want valleys in our lives. We shrink from them with a sense of fear and foreboding. Yet, in spite of our worst misgivings, God can bring great benefit and lasting benediction to others through those valleys. Let us not always try to avoid the dark things, the distressing days. They may well prove to be the way of greatest refreshment to ourselves and those around us. So I thought that was good about the, about the dark valleys. I think I haven't been through many dark valleys, a few, but... Hmm. You don't see many birds, you don't see squirrels or any other kind of animals up there, except for people who like them. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's in the valleys where those things all exist and mm-hmm. can, can thrive. Mm-hmm. And the problem for us is we like being on the mountaintops. I do. Mm-hmm. You see a long ways and you experience much, but in the valleys you don't see where you're going and you can't get a perspective on things, but that's where life happens. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. God's it is. It is. In the dark valleys. So, the, um, and again, in the valley, I will not fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's his presence that comforts us. He's with us. And there's, there's great comfort in that. And, and lest I forget it here, but we also have the comfort of prayer. We can pray. You know, we have great, a great, great gift from the Lord in that we can pray. You know, in, in Matthew 7, 7, he says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. And knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So we can pray and ask God anything, you know, and, and he answers. And uh, he answers, answers wonderfully. I'm running out of time. So I will just skip to the very end, <laughs> verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, if I were going to put goodness and mercy, I would, I would put goodness and mercy out in front of me. If I were, if I were doing it, you know, I'd like to see the good, you know, out here in front of me, so I could know. But God doesn't do it that way, you know. There's a there's a verse that I like. It says, "It's the glory of God to conceal a matter." Often, things we don't see Him operating and working in our lives right away at the time, you know, uh, especially when 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 bad things happen. Uh, but when we turn around, you know, and look behind us, uh, we see how good He has been and how merciful. He has been to us. How good he's been in spite of our sin, even, you know, and how he has forgiven us. You know, I like this verse. It says, um, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our iniquity from us. You know, and so uh, goodness and mercy go together. And uh, so you, sometimes it's good not to be introspective, but you turn around and you look for how God has, has blessed you. And has been has worked in your life. You know, this week, uh, this week, my little grandson uh, fell off of his bicycle and hit his head on the concrete, and and was just laid there, and so exhibited every symptom of having a concussion. And uh, he wanted to go to sleep. His mom scooped him up, took him to West Florida. He threw up there again. Another symptom of a concussion took him to Sacred Heart, and they put him instantly in the hospital there. But. Um, but anyway, in the turn of a moment, you know, things can, things can happen. And so we all pray. We ask God to take and heal him and, and, and watch over and pray that he wouldn't have any lasting damage. You know, and so now turning around and looking back, I can see that God did exactly that. 
you can, <laughs> he looked in the mirror after he, after he hit the ground and he said, he, he said, wow, there it is. I said, I, I've never had a boo-boo that big. You know, his whole eye was black. <laughs> but today, you'll see him running around maybe. It's gone. No blindness. It's totally gone. I was just amazed at how fast it healed. <laughs> but it did because, I mean, it was really bad. You know, and so in that way, and that's just one little, in, one small instance. And there are many, many more. If we go back and begin to think how good God has been to us and how merciful and how wonderful and how loving and caring he is. And then the very last verse here says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a great, what a great promise that I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, you know, eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard nor entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. We just can't, can't even imagine. And I think of what he said to the thief on the cross. You know, he said, you know, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, and so we have, God has set eternity in our hearts and we all have the hope of heaven. And we know that because we know Jesus that that will be possible. You know, and so I am thankful for that. So, for I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a, what a great hope we have because of him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I thank you that you are our shepherd and that you're the one who cares for us and that we, we won't want. So you fill all of our needs. You make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. You restore our souls when we are down and discouraged and disheartened. And Lord, and you lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Um, Lord, thank you that when we walk through the valley as a shadow of death, that, that you're near us, that you're with us, and your rod and your staff, they comfort us, that you prepare a table before us even in the presence of our enemies, Lord. And uh, surely goodness and mercy will follow us and have followed us all the days of our life. And we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we just give you thanks. Thank you that you watch over us, that you care for us like a shepherd does his sheep and doesn't let them stray and, doesn't, and goes after them when they do. And uh, Lord uh, takes good care of us. And we thank you and praise your holy name. Pray that you would bless Pastor Joel as he shares with us today and speak to our hearts from the word through him. And we pray you'd bless our worship of you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> what did you study at the uh, Foreign Affairs. Foreign Affairs? Yeah, Foreign Affairs, because that's the only thing I could, it was the only, I, I, got, I got behind when I, I first started there. I didn't know anything. My parents didn't go to college, and they had, you know, selection where you select what course you want to study, and I said, ocean engineering, that's what I want to learn how to do, you know, and, and so, but I was, I had, usually in high school, I had one A, two Bs, and three Cs, and the A was in PT, and the Bs were in uh, English and history, and the Cs were in math and science. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am going. So here I am going to the academy, you know, and I was I was in over my head. So I, you know. Have you ever asked them about the story with the academy? No, no. We have to. <laughs> We're supposed to go to lunch. We need to go to lunch. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking, I said to Jerry. 
Well, no, but I was going to, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in, yes, but my idea was I was going to go to the Shenandoah Valley and I was going to go to a, a small church school for two years, live in the mountains and stay in a cabin. And then I was going to transfer up to Woods Hole, you know, in, in uh, Oshawa. All that. Yeah, yeah. Noah, but I have to jump. I, to to I just couldn't get myself we need to, to go jump, to jump off my jump off my desk and you know on my knees so I could be not physically qualified. You were competing for Anchorman. Then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was about a hundred away. I was a hundred away. Yeah. Small world. Huh? Yes, it is. I want to let you know. You may already know this, but. On June, Sunday, July 17th, uh -huh. Scott DeVries will be here, and the mission team would like him to present at Sunday oh, school. Oh, yes, that's and fine. he's also going to be doing the sermon that day. He can do Sunday school. So, that's okay, fine. but I We're, want to let you know as you're planning and scheduling. I am planning it. I'm working on it this week, too, to, yes. to be able to plan it and to get everything okay. to get it together. So uh, July 17th, let me write yeah. that down. And Judy Sledge would know. Um, is it Ben Nelson, I think, is coming over from Mobile? And I don't know if she's planning on him doing Sunday school or not, but that may be coming up. Okay. And maybe Scott can, in Sunday school, he can do my favorite things if he wants. Well, or if, he, if you want him to teach on his ministry. Would it be all right if I got him in touch with sure. you and y'all could communicate? Yeah. He could do my favorite things or he could do, he could, he yeah. could share. That he would be fine. He does an update on his ministry. Because we do need that. Yeah. So maybe he could do both, you know, yeah, in that maybe. time frame. Sure. He could share, yeah, that would be good. If he yeah. just shared a little bit and, and did my favorite I, I thought I should probably at least let the other adult class know mm -hmm. in case they want to come in. I forgot. Yes. You, um, I, I forgot about them, but they are there. Who would that be? Would that be Matt um, uh, Let's see. Who's, Mercer. Mercer is leading that along with somebody else, too, but I'm not okay, sure well, who. I'll contact Mercer, and I'll, I'll contact Sean, and they will be back because Sean is actually administering communion that Sunday. Oh, okay. But um, Which, they will have just returned from RYM. What, the, tell me the fellow in Mobile again. What's his name? I think it's Ben Nelson. Ben Nelson, okay. Ben and, Katie Nelson. Ben, and, ben and Katie Nelson. Yes, I know. I, was, I, had to, I had to ask again. And what date is that one? I don't. That I don't know. August. It's, it's, a, it's either uh, like the last Sunday in July or the first in August, somewhere around there. But Judy Sledge definitely knows all that. Okay, July, August. Okay, Judy, Judy. Okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. I don't have anybody signed up yet, so I'm all going right. to try to get somebody I mean, signed up this week. That, I mean, we could keep his brief if you also want someone to present that day. What, however you want to do it. But um, in the past, he's taken the whole Sunday school period. He can. Year, he can. That, that's all right. That'd be fine. Okay. This is so good to Oh, good. I'm glad. I just wanted to be an encouragement. I didn't, I, I, you know, and I try to do it in a way that, that people, you know, because people are very familiar with Psalm 23. Right. Well, sometimes that familiarity makes it more rote. So this is, that's why this is so good. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm very yeah. glad. It is one of my favorite. Of course, I have a couple favorite, different <laughs> I favorite have, things. I have a hard time <laughs> a favorite. It's yeah. Really 
Well, ones that I've memorized, I tend to have a, I tend to have a, a, a deeper. No, it's just fifty. It's just fifty years of memorizing scripture that I that I um, just just the year. And I don't do very good at it, really. I, you know, it seems like I do, but I may probably it's just fifty years. God just brings them to mind. I don't. Yeah, I prayed that he would this morning, so that he would. So. All righty. Hey. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Well, it was. Great job. Well, when you don't get through everything that you're preparing, you feel like, oh, but it was exactly what we needed. Bear and I worked on it this morning. Your mic is still live. Oh, thank you. Oh, I have to turn. Oh, I forgot all about it. No, that won't. Uh, let me turn this off real quick. Oh, okay.